broadcast. This is your emergency broadcast system. It's time for the hashtag Biz with Beard and Ball podcast. Business as you've never heard before. This is an ACS Odds On production. Now, belt up and shut up. It's gonna be one bumpy flipping ride. May God be with you all. Good afternoon, my friends. This is the Beard Curfee Smith with another episode of Hashtag Biz with Beard and Bald. So thanks for joining us. Um, we've been absent a little bit uh, for the past couple months. The holidays came around and Scott and I were talking. And as you can see, he's not here today because this year you're going to get something a little bit different on the show. I got a bad feeling about this. We've been talking and thought, you know, instead of just bringing guests on here, uh, we think it'd be a great idea to actually get, you know, Scott and I talking, maybe just Scott talking. I don't know if anybody wants to hear that. Exactly what he just said. Um, and just me talking. There's a lot of stuff that goes on during the day in my business and in life and uh, uh, the world that, I, you know, we need to chime in on. Or we want to chime in on. And I think we should chime in on. And... Uh, you know, I've been going through some personal stuff that's been kind of tough to deal with. And, uh, you know, I believe I'll persevere as always. Um, you know, Scott's been absolutely busy with his uh, new business, uh, Top Flight Athletics, which is doing fantastic. So if you're down in Texas and you need some training, give Scott a call. But this year, you know, I- I'm going to kind of take a little bit of 180. And, uh, you know, we've always been about, you know, telling, you know, telling it like it is. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to hide anymore. I'm not going to stand back and worry about what people got to say uh, or think about my thoughts. Uh, recently started up uh, my own brand. Uh, and, uh, it's called Curfee on Facebook, um, where I used to write a lot, give my opinions, getting these political banters back and forth or just any type of arguments with people on my normal Facebook page and my friends and family. And I felt kind of bad because I felt like, you know what, this should be a place where people should come and see pictures and photos of my family and happy smiley stuff. We need more of that. But we also need people to tell the truth. We need debate. We need to talk about things and not let things go unchecked. So I said, why don't I start a page just about curfew? And I can share with you my story, some of the struggles that I'm going with, the challenges that I face. And, you know, we can share it on the show as well. So instead of just bringing people on, and uh, and we've got some great guests lined up for this year, and uh, we're excited to bring them on. Um, but we think we want to, you know, hey, let's just hear from the beard. Let's just hear from the, the bald. Why not? Right? Why not? So that's where we're at. So you're getting me on this episode and me only. So I apologize. But again, yeah, go check out my Facebook page. It's a curfew. It's out there. And uh, you're going to get like, you know, my opinions on life, my opinions on business, my opinions on politics. And if you like it, great. If you don't, really don't give a shit. So don't have to come listen. Don't have to come watch. Put that shit on a (laughs) t-shirt. Not asking you to. or I'm not making you to. I'm asking you to, but I'm not making you. Not going to hurt my feelings. My feelings are done being hurt. 2020 is different. Feelings are absolutely done being hurt. Going forward, not going to let negative people in my life. Uh, going to cut them out. Going to worry about my family, my mom, my kids, 
my wife. That's it. Maybe Scott. Who knows? I think it hurt his feelings that I left him out. <laughs> Probably won't wonder why because I'm leaving him out right now. Um, <laughs> but no, hey, but, hey, folks, thanks for joining me. I wanted to bring something up today. And, uh, you know, yesterday was uh, Daytona, right? Great, great. The races are starting. I, If you don't know, I used to actually be in the racing industry. I'd probably be embarrassed to tell you I actually never watched a race. Uh, but I was actually a CFO of a large parts of product distribution company for the motorsports world. Uh, we could have been selling diapers. It really would have mattered to me. But, uh, you know, so, yeah. So, but, but I remember this time in the year, Daytona's big. Everyone's getting hyped up, excited. And we have this year the flyover from the man himself, Mr. Donald Trump, President of the United States. That's how I roll. And not only was that flyover a badass move, we have the beast. The limo that the president rides around in, taking the lap to lead the 500. Now, I just love that. And, you know, and there's a picture out there, and it might piss off some people. Uh, and if it does, I don't know why. Uh, if that pisses you off, you're the problem. It shouldn't piss you off. It's a picture. It's something to be proud of. Um, NASCAR, racing, it's in, it's in the American blood. Uh, it's been for years. It, it, it's an American thing, right? It, well, it's more than America too. It's around the world. Um, but you know, hey, you know, race car driving. That's that that, that that that's cool. That's fun. That's you know, that's American. That's like apple pie. Let's get in our cars and let's see how fast we can go, right? Just like in life, let's see how fast we can go. If you want to succeed, see how fast you can go. Don't put on the brakes. Don't slow down. See how fast you can go. And that's what I like about it. And that's what I like about Trump. Push, pushing the envelope, getting in his beast, doesn't give a crap what anybody else thinks because he knows the hundreds of thousands, the millions of fans of his around the United States and around the world are going to love it. And why shouldn't we be proud of something like that? Why shouldn't we be proud that we have a president of the United States coming out Onto the road, onto the track, onto the road, onto the track, and taking pride in something that's in America. Why not? That's a time we should all be coming together and not getting pissed off about this picture. You, you know what we ought to be getting pissed off about? You know, you know what we ought to be getting pissed off about? I'll tell you what we ought to get pissed off about, and I'm not going to cover this up anymore. I'm going to go straight to the heart, guys. I mean, we ought to get pissed off at Michael Bloomberg. Mike, little Mike, and I'm going to call him little Mike, and I wouldn't go on that because I don't really like when Trump calls people names and stuff like that. But, you know, when this jerk comes out and attacks farmers and attacks their intelligence. Now, I know what he might have been trying to say, but, man, dude, you, you, you did it wrong. You failed. And that's the problem with the Democrats. And I'm going to just lay it out. You guys have not figured out why you lost to Trump yet. You don't get it. I don't know. Do you refuse to get it? But here you go. Rigging your own election last year. Not last year. Three years ago. Putting Hillary Clinton up there on the pedestal. In your little bubble saying there's no way that Donald Trump's going to beat her. She's in the establishment. She is a Clinton. She's going to get it done. Yet she missed middle America. 
She ignored them. She paid attention to her Pelosi's out in California, her New York base, but left middle America alone. And what did Trump do? What did Donald Trump do? He went to middle America. He flipped the states that he wasn't supposed to flip. And he beat her ass. Now, let's talk about that. Do you think Michael Bloomberg, by insulting the middle America, the farmer, that you're going to win this presidential election just because you're a flipping billionaire and you're going to put forth more money? Hey, listen, Hillary Clinton put millions, millions more money than Donald Trump did. I think Donald Trump, I have to look at it, didn't, didn't spend hardly anything. I mean, he didn't raise hardly anything. He spent a lot of his own money. But no one wanted him. And Democrats, that's what you don't get. The Republicans didn't even want Donald Trump. Why? Because he was going to come drain the swamp. And they knew it. Unlike the Democrats, though, they didn't have the rules to where a guy like Donald Trump could come in and take over their party. And that's what he's did. But what he didn't do, Mr. Bloomberg was insult farmers, insult factory workers. And I'm pissed about this because my father, my grandfather, my great-grandfather, all were farmers. And all five foot two of you, Mr. Bloomberg, couldn't do the shit that they did. That's right, I'm picking on your height. You have the audacity to come out and say farmers aren't intelligent. How dare you? I mean, who do you think you are going to come in and try to buy this election? I can't wait till Donald Trump wipes you up if you even get the nomination. But like a typical millionaire, you sit on your ass, you come back and decide, well, you know what? I'm going to come in here and buy this election at the last minute and not do it the way I should have did it because I'm really looking out for America. No, you're not. You're looking out for New York. You're looking out for California. You don't give two shits about middle America. Don't kid me. Don't kid the rest of this world. Mike Bloomberg, you're a farce. And to sit there and tell me there's a whole degree level difference. Really? Yeah, you're right. There is a whole degree level difference. Because most people don't have not just the intelligence to be a farmer. They don't have the physical attributes to be a farmer. They don't have the resilience, the resolve that the American farmer goes through year in and year out. To sit there and try to tell me that you know what it takes to be a farmer and it doesn't take that much? Mr. Bloomberg, you're not going to win the presidency. You're not going to do it by ignoring middle America and you're not going to do it by ostracizing them. I mean, are, you, is, is, are liberals that dumb? Is CNN that dumb? Do they really believe there is no part of the country that exists outside of Manhattan? Outside of Los Angeles? Outside of Chicago, Illinois? Bob line is Bloomberg. You wouldn't last three seconds as a farmer. But you've made other disparaging remarks towards minorities, 
You're just a typical billionaire looking to buy this election. Because your ego's hurt. Because another millionaire, billionaire, because another billionaire in New York City did it before you. I mean, the bottom line, could you even see over the steering wheel of a tractor? We'd have to give him a booster seat. They, they have those in there in the tractors, right? I, I remember riding with my dad, and he put a bucket in there for me to sit on. I'm going to shove his little butt in a bucket. I mean, farm tractors and combines pack more, te more technology than some stupid Bloomberg terminal. I mean, farming, I think Eisenhower said it best. Farming looks mighty easy when you plow, when your plow is a pencil and you're a thousand miles away from a cornfield. Good luck, Mr. Bloomberg. You're not winning this election, buddy. You might be a billionaire just like Donald Trump, but you do not get it. And Mr. Trump has. He's gotten it. He understands it. And he's played well to middle America. He's played well to the American farmers. He's played well to the manufacturers all throughout the Midwest. He went there when people told him not to go there. People said, oh, don't, no, don't waste your time. You need to stick to the science behind it. Stick to the science. No. He ignored him. He ignored him because he didn't just want to win. He wanted to win big. And if you don't think he wants to win big this time, go back. Watch that 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 flyover, that NASCAR. What what watch him drive around that track or ride around the track. I'm sure he wasn't driving. Probably asked to. Um, watch him drive around the track. If that is a display of balls, is that a display of drawing the line in the sand saying, I dare you to cross me? I don't know what is. Now, the truth is, Bloomberg is really, 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 really far away from being the Democrat presidential nominee. Um, again, typical, lazy, liberal, size of in. I would say he's lazy. He's not lazy. He's a billionaire, right? I get him credit for that. Um, he's lazy in his thinking. Let's just say that. He's lazy in his view of the world. He's lazy in his view of the United States. He's lazy in his view of politics. So I, I apologize, Mr. Bloomberg. You're not lazy. You're, you're a billionaire. You worked. You probably worked your ass off for your money. I don't know. But let me tell you something about my father. Let me tell you something about the American farmer. And this is one thing I love about my dad. And I had a discussion with my dad, or about my dad. Um, you know, my dad was a good guy, you know, hard, hard worker, went to Vietnam, brought a lot of stuff back with him, brought a lot of stuff back with him he never talked about. Got a job, worked the family farm after it was uh, split up, after my uh, great-grandparents were passed away. Wanted to build something better because that's what he loved. Had an opportunity to take a job in another state that paid more money and you know, uh, provide for his family better. But it's not what he loved. He loved farming. He loved getting his hands in the dirt. He loved the technology behind it. He loved the education behind it. He loved what it provided, not only for his family, but what it provided for the rest of the world and the importance of it. But he loved his work. And that's a lesson I'll take from my father, right? Go to your job and hate it. Work nine to five every single day and hate it. 
just because you think you have to do something because everyone tells you you should do this and you should go to college and blah, 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 but you hate it and you're miserable. You're depressed. We have more people on drugs, more people committing suicide because they're depressed. They hate what they do. My father loved, loved working on the farm. And we lost money. Like a lot of farmers, lost money. Year in, year out, my mom had to go to work, keep the family afloat, to keep insurance for us. That's what you did as a farm family. Is your wife going to work for you, Mr. Bloomberg? Keep your family afloat? Do any of these people understand what it's like to not know what next year is going to bring you? Have to fight through floods. But what do farmers do? They keep going. They get it in. They work together. They come together. That's another thing. You know, I remember some of the time my dad was being was sick. And I've seen other farmers where they're sick. And they come together. They jump in. They make sure the crop gets in. They make sure the crop gets out. They make sure the, field, the fields get plowed. They, you know, it, it, it gets done. It's a community. They're there for each other. Because when one goes down, they all go down. And they understand that. And it's not about just going to go, I'm going to go get another tech job if this one doesn't work out. No, this is their livelihood. This is who they are. There is no option of failure for any of them. And for you to go out there and make a comment like that just really burns me. I mean, farming is is so much more advanced now. I mean, I don't think I could probably do it. Um, you know, growing up, I wasn't very good at it. That's why I'm not on the family farm. But, uh, I, I, you know, the farmers have to be experts at so much more than just putting a seed in the ground, hoping that it rains and watching it grow, as Mr. Bloomberg states. No, the family farm today, they are mobile data centers. They're experts in ag agronomy, data analytics. They have advanced skills that you couldn't even imagine. Mr. Bloomberg, it's not about going to work at 9 o'clock in the morning, punching in, sticking your face in front of a computer, and writing code all damn day and think you're the smartest guy in the world. No, being a farmer has a lot more to do than that. And you don't get it. And that, sir, is why you will not be the president of the United States. You are still stuck on the East Coast. Your ego stuck in the East Coast. And your lazy mind is stuck on the East Coast. And I'm not trying to offend anybody on the East Coast. And I'm not trying to offend anybody on the West Coast. But the fact is this. You lost the last election because you ignored middle America. And people want to say, oh, let's get rid of electoral college. No. Go back to eighth grade, take your civics class again. Shout out to Mr. Mansfield from Princefield Grade School. Thank you, Mr. Mansfield. And take your civics class again and understand why the Electoral College is so important. It's because it represents our republic. We're not a democracy, we're a republic where we try to have equal say based on geography. If not, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer would determine. God forbid who the president of the United States is every year. 
But we don't. We give a voice to the people in Nebraska and Iowa, the people in Georgia, the people in Arizona, the people in California, the people in New York. And we try to make it an equal voice. Because if you can't understand what the how horrible it would be for one geographic location of maybe 50 miles radius determining the rest of the country's will, that's insane. Why is it insane? Because the exact words that came out of Bloomberg's mouth is why it's insane. Because they don't get it. And I don't get it. I don't want to be the one determining what happens in New York and what happens in California. I don't live there. Shit, I live down here in Georgia and I just moved here over a year ago. And I don't quite understand everything here. And I'm trying to understand it before I make a vote or before I make a decision. Because I want it to be educated. So this is what the, that's what the show's going to be about this year. That's all I got to say today. Just a little peeved off. Just a little. I shouldn't take it so personal, right? I mean, I haven't, I haven't been on the family farm in years. Um, it's probably my pipe. I look back now, I think, you know, something in the life I probably really, really would have enjoyed. Um, don't know if I could handle the stress. I, I, I really think the reason I didn't do it um, was because I was fearful of failing, right? I watched how, how hard my dad worked. I watched how hard of a job it was. There's so much more to it than putting a hole in the ground. There's so much more to it than putting that seed in the hole in the ground. There's so much more to it than covering it up and hoping that it grows. There are life lessons that you can get working on the farm that you can't get anywhere else. I'm going to tell you one more story before I let you go. It's a story about my dad. Type of guy he was. Type of story I don't think you'll probably get anywhere else, but, you know, on the family farm. And I'm sure this type of story is out there all throughout middle America. And not, my dad was the only one that did it. But um, my, my dad was a seed dealer. And if, if anybody knows what that means, um, he worked for Asgro, which I think is part of Monsanto now. Um, and he would sell seed to the farmers. So, um, I remember my dad started that job, uh, to make some extra money as a side hustle. Um, actually did really well at it for my, from what I remember. Um, but I remember his first time doing it. We had a little one stall garage in our little neighborhood in Princeville, Illinois. And, uh, remember those first bags of seed coming in. And I remember that to this day and then piling up and they're the 50 pound bags, uh, three are on a level of a pallet and then goes up to probably about, I don't know, someone will probably correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was up to about 10, 12 uh, bags high. So you're talking, you know, 30 to 50 bags on a pallet, right? So um, if you don't have a forklift, you got to unload those all by hand. And, uh, you know, my dad, we were not, we were not wealthy farmers. We, you know, we're just like most family farms. Uh, we struggled and, uh, you know, a, a forklift was an expense uh, that we didn't need because we had muscle power. So that's what we did. Uh, the problem was my dad's business grew and, uh, you know, having the seed in our uh, little one stall garage in our neighborhood just wasn't going to, um, cut it anymore. 
so as the farm grew, he, you know, he built a shed, uh, a big old shed, put concrete down, and uh, that's where the, uh, you know, bags of grain would come in, the, bag, the, the seed would come in. And these bags of seed would come in on these pallets, right? And now we're not just talking five, ten pallets. Now we're talking truckloads, tandems. Even when you know what a tandem is, uh, the big semi truck rolls off the, the top, rolls off the back of it, but um, stacked back full of pallets of seed, about you know ten to twelve high, uh, fifty pounds each. And guess what? I had to unload every one of those sons of bitches by hand. Now. You didn't just unload them by hand. You unload them by hand because that stuff in the winter, because that stuff starts coming in January, into January. I remember this. Snowing, it's cold, temperatures are below zero. Um, you're in the shed, there's no heat. The uh, truck's backing up, and you're going to spend the next several hours just unloading those one by one, every 50 pound bag by hand. And I did it. I had to do it. I get my ass whipped. Uh, <laughs> no, my dad wouldn't whip my ass. Uh, but no, I had to do it and, uh, I will never forget. And, and, and here's the thing before I get into that, you know, then you unload them, right? The, the truck comes in from Asgrove and you unload these trucks by hand and you stack them in the shed and you pile them up just like they were, you know, on there. Right. You know, and I remember some of the truckers would sit there and go, oh, do you guys have a forklift? We're like, nope. And you see the look in their face, like, oh. And, and most of the guys would help. And you had the occasional uh, trucker that won it. Um, and that, that does happen. But uh, so we, we'd, we'd sit there and load them by hand. And, um, you know, then I had to stack them up. Then, then my dad, being the customer service guy that he is, uh, you know, w- wouldn't have the farmers come to the shed. Oh, no. We were going to we were gonna deliver them in his pickup truck. So he deliver each, uh, you know, each order to each farmer. Uh, in person, so he could shake their hand and you know hand deliver it to them, and that's what we do. We load them back into his pickup truck, stack them, drive them to the farmer, the farmer's farm, and then we'd unload them by hand again. So yeah, if you were counting, that's three times. Fifty pound bags, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, thousands of bags. Now. The story gets interesting because the older I get, it was easier because I was stronger. Um, but, you know, his business grew and he, he, he sold more. Um, so the funny thing was that, it, you know, I, I the older I got, you know, I want to hang out with my friends. I, I wanted to play sports. You know, I want to go hit the gym, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't have to do that. I had to go work on this family farm. Yeah, no, I got to do stuff and run around with my friends and things like that. But, you know, uh, work had to be done first. And that's what we had to do. And we had to get up early in the morning on a Saturday and, you know, go, you know, because two tandems were coming in, we had to go unload them. And then we had to go deliver it, blah, blah, blah. That's what we did. Hours upon hours and hours working on the farm, unloading bags of seed, loading back them up and delivering them. That was my childhood up till I was 18. Up till I decide I'm going to college because I'm, hell no, I'm not doing this anymore. Um, which I think I kind of regret, like I said. So I go off to college. My lovely dad, love him. God rest his soul. Miss him so much. Um, go off to college. You know, and uh, I come home for Christmas. Decide to go out to the farm. Open up the shed doors. And there's a nice... Forklift. Are you flipping kidding me? I said, Dad, when did you get the forklift? No, I got it. I just got it. 
Dad, why'd you get the forklift? Well, we got to unload. The, we had to unload these tandems of you know seed coming out here, you know, and um, you're not around, so <laughs> I got to do something. Hmm. Well, why didn't we get a forklift before? Because I didn't need a forklift. I had you. Hmm. <laughs> oh, Milt, 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 Milt. I love you, man. I miss you. Miss you a lot. But that's that's the lessons you learn on a farm. My dad said, I said, Dad, uh, you know, we could have saved so much time. He goes, yeah, but, you know, you, you're playing football. You're playing sports. It was a good workout for you. Built some character. Got some dirt under your fingernails. Built a callus on you. I did it for you. Now, 18, I didn't understand that. Actually, I was 19 when we said that. But I didn't understand that. I just didn't want to understand it. But I did, you know, but I do now. I do now. And what I understand is this. There's more to farming than sticking a seed in the ground and hoping that it grows. No, Mr. Bloomberg, there's a lot more to farming than that. And the fact that it is you don't get it is why you will not win this presidency. That's all I got to say. If you like the show, please subscribe. Hopefully you like the new format. Hopefully you got a little taste of the beard and when he gets a little pissed off. And uh, just to kind of tell you, that's the way it is. Check out my website at www.acsexec.com and go check out what we have, what we got, what we got going out there. Make sure you share this with your friends, subscribe, and contribute. You want to, you know, sponsor the show? We're taking sponsors. We have people calling us to want to sponsor the show. Love for you had to sponsor the show. Until next time, friends. Same bald channel, same beard place. Thanks for listening to hashtag. Biz with beard and ball. Remember, every genius idea starts with the stroke of the beard. Hey, hashtag biz with beard and bald fans. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. It was brought to you by ACS Executives. Let me ask you something. As an entrepreneur or business owner, are you tired of struggling with running your business? Do you feel you can drive more revenue, improve your profits, and run more efficiently if you had a little help? Well, you are not alone, and there is a solution for you. Like many small businesses, as the owner, you wear a lot of hats. And why wouldn't you? You started this thing, so you're very careful and particular about it. Well, at ACX Executives, we do a deep dive into your business to help your business grow revenues, improve profits, acquire capital, and run more efficiently. We just don't point out problems. We help you resolve them through our family of companies and the solutions they provide. We share some of the best practices and processes and coach you and your team through them. Our suite of quality products and services will help you get there quickly and smoothly. That's how we ensure your success. So visit us at acsexec.com or call us at 1-800-495-6505 and schedule a free 30-minute consulting assessment. 
have a successful day, and we hope you enjoy today's episode of Hashtag Biz with Beard and Bald. <laughs>